Mark Dunnigan, here we sit in pretty close to the hometown where I grew up, right in between almost where you grew up and I grew up. We are at Shampooey Park. Do you have any childhood memories from Shampooey Park? This is one of the places that in elementary, junior high school, it was a field trip location okay, yeah. along with OMSI. So I think most kids in my generation field yeah. trip to Shampooey Park. Yeah. Um, along with like the McLaughlin House and things like that. Yeah. Uh, I remember in high school, I led a group of people here, oh. uh, and we put down bark dust, and we coordinated and got all the other schools in the area oh, wow. to clean up Shampooey Park. Is that right? That is news to me. That's cool. I wanted to record this podcast in a special place, because I think we're always going to kind of remember recording these podcasts. So it's kind of occurred to me that really there are three podcasts that I think we should record every year. And so this is the first of the three. This one is our first year on the road. So this is kind of going out to people that maybe are thinking about doing what we're doing and just kind of like the things we learned and just little helpful hints and just kind of how we saw it on a practical level. The second podcast that I think I want to do annually is Our Brightest Moments. And I have no idea how we're going to boil down. I think I looked it up. There's like 8,000 some odd uh, hours in a year. And we're boiling it down to like one or two hours of brightest moments. Challenging, challenging. And then the third that I want to do every year is our Nomad Quest Awards for the year. So this is the first of three. This we're reviewing last year, and so I'm lo really looking forward to it. Do I need to dress up for the awards show? <laughs> Please do. Please wear your tux that you don't actually own and a top hat. That'd be I hope there'll be appetizers. Oh, you, yep, yep, yep. Work it. So I thought I'd like to start with emotional closure because the place that we left, we had been 28 years and these people are still, after a year of travel, obviously some of our favorite people, they're like family, the Beaverton Church of Christ. So one thing that meant a lot, and I could see this meaning a lot to other people. And remember, Mark, at the end of every school year, there'd be like a yearbook and all your friends would write in it. I still have all those, even from junior high school. <laughs> right. And so I requested a book for our friends to write their goodbyes in. And Julie Deloge kind of volunteered to handle that for us. And so she just kind of made sure that it got passed around. Um, and she was like, well, I don't really want them reading each other's stuff. So I'll just have them do it when they come to Bible class. They'll sit in the room, open up to my little marked page, and they'll write down what they have to say. So that people felt like they could express what they wanted to say without other people looking over their shoulder. So that was fabulous. And now we have this special book that has love notes from all of our people from Beaverton. So man, that meant a lot. Something else we did is we had some friends that, since we still had some things in Oregon, yeah, that looked out after kind of what we had. We had a car here yeah, that they took good care of, and we had a piece of property that yeah. they uh, checked on and went uh, beyond the second mile or to uh, take care of, make sure it was okay. Yeah, right. And so we, our, our hearts really go out and say, thank you, thank you, thank you, Elliot's. We do not w know what we would do without you. And allowing us to park outside your place, I mean, there's a lot of sacrifices <laughs> that go along with that. And so... Hopefully, it's been, in some levels, mutually beneficial. Mark, what kinds of things did we discover on this Nomad Quest the first year? Just a few examples. Uh, a few examples would be that unlimited, and do I say data or data? I don't know. On our phones was a great decision. That yes, was a wise decision. Yes, yes. Uh, that we grabbed 
two new laptops before we left. Oh, thank heaven. The Easy Pass, and for those of you out there that don't live on the East, East Coast, there's a lot of toll roads on the East Coast. Uh -huh. There's like 18 in some states, whatever, and the Easy Pass gets you through all of those tolls, and you just have an account set up, low yeah. transponder on the windshield. Uh, you just have money that's hooked to a credit card, and so you don't have to worry about paying tolls. Nice. That, so, that was so smart. handy. Right. And the other thing it was kind of a self-discovery that we are not boondocker types. So obviously, I think people know what a boondocker is. So that is like you just go way off into the wilderness, just the two of you. And we thought, oh, that I knew that that would kind of appeal to me on some level. Um, but we realized we are not boondocker types. Well, I like to have a shower every day. Now, we could probably still do a shower, yeah. but we would have limited use of yeah. shower we'd have to get some more water well and you discovered you really don't care for the shower on the inside of the airstream how many showers did you end up having to take in the airstream well it's like two or three two or three and that was only because no i did shower every single day at least once <laughs> oh yes let's, that's my man let's, let's make my that man clear. is squeaky clean <laughs> but i use the campground bathrooms always um, you were forced on the two showers yeah. you were just forced to do it now just just a heads up it depends on we have a 24-foot sprinter van that um, is basically a land yacht. And a number of the boondocking areas may be bumpy gravel road or rutted road. Yeah. And so that that would roll out some of that really off the grid and way off type of oh, stuff. Uh -huh. that we didn't want to, like, beat up the van to yeah. get there. Yeah. Um, the other boondocking stuff would be like parking lots and things like that oh, i just right, like right. to have access to electricity mm -hmm. access to water uh we'll see with our solar panels hooked up this year and the lithium batteries yeah we'll see how long we can go that's um, true with electricity the other thing is that unless we turn on the generator we don't have a microwave eat things up in mm, yeah yeah and so i think also the reason why we liked our ended up liking rv parks much much more is that our morning routine is basically mark gets up maybe half an hour to an hour before i do and he gets out there for a walk and he socializes with all the early birds and so by the time we leave he has made buddies all over the rv park and so you know we can hand out to them our contact cards and keep in touch depending on how deeply you've bonded with these people and maybe if they're interested give them a copy of your fresh start and so yeah we really belong with the people we're doing this because of people so i'm not sure why i thought boondocking the upside of rv parks and nicer ones is that they don't put up with any partying that's going true. on and, and really yeah, loud obnoxious yeah. music and so it's sometimes in the boondocking areas it's people that want to get out there and be as loud as mm -hmm. they can and it's mm -hmm. like that's that's not why i want to get there gotcha mark did you have anything else on just like practical discoveries along those lines um our mail service with yeah. escapees yeah. i would recommend that work oh. really well working outside if, we're ch if you're chasing seven degrees which is typically warmer sunny yeah. weather working outside on your laptop just be aware your screen can really wash out, and so oh. you need to find some shade. Uh huh. Or because even with the brightness setting the highest on my laptop, yeah, uh, it's very difficult to try to work on things when you're trying to find. Well, where's the mouse cursor on the screen? <laughs> yes, and you did a lot of that because basically you were outside every day. I yes. mean, I would hand you everything mm -hmm. you needed. So my turf was like the inside of the van on a lot of days, and then your turf would be on the outside. And we did a ton of written work. So 
that glare is killer. With our 24-foot van, we were able to get into just about every place. Yeah. As far as yeah. parking. Uh, the only, I think, exception would be West Palm Beach. And the only thing was like a parking garage. But, hey, we just went to a different restaurant. It catches a lot of wind. Those yeah. your, your back and forth, right? Back and forth. It's yeah, shaking you around. Side by side. Side That's what side. I meant. Side yeah. by side is more accurate. Yeah. Uh, but I guess it's one of those things you get used to. I've been noticing the FJ, we catch wind like that. Yeah. Um, just in the van, it feels like mm-hmm. more movement. You can feel it. You can feel the potholes in the back. So even so though bad. it has air ride suspension, if it's a rough road, it's not a smooth ride. Are you hearing verbal things from the back seat there? Um, like someone's getting beat up, yes, almost like I hit. Am. I am, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's an unlimited supply of different containers oh, in the yes. world to put your stuff in. Oh, yes. But we opted for some nicer stuff that, you know, you pushed a button and it, it sealed. It seals it. Vacuum And it, it was very square and different sizes. Mm-hmm. And we th- put everything back in the van and a lot of those containers. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just my subjective head, but I think we have a quieter ride with mm-hmm. our loose things loose food or whatever in really nice storage containers and so I would I would opt for the nicer storage container. Well, and the fact that they're plastic, I think I'd used glass, and some we could hear the glass banging into each other, and a little bit like that too. So yeah, quieter ride. Yeah, I don't know what our square footage is in the van. I don't know. I'm curious. It's worse than ten. Way. Uh, You can still lose things. Right, right. Where's my this? Where's my that? And the most, li- yeah, there's some earrings that I took off right before I went to sleep one night. I have not seen them since. No, and the van's been completely cleaned out. Yeah. And they have never surfaced. Yeah, will they ever? And that's not the only thing. Yeah, several, at least two pair of earrings. And yeah, certain things that we just never saw again. I think we learned that the van had more storage space than we thought. Yeah, very, very happy with it. You know, we never once wanted more than a 24-foot van. Yeah. We were happy with the amount of space we had. It wasn't a big deal. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know if we talked about this before. There, There's probably about four or five things that we were leaving in Oregon. Yeah. Um, that we probably used, what, 90% of what we brought the first time? Oh, more than that. But yeah. 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 But the little buddy space heater. Yeah. Uh, the tent. Yeah, the propane heater. Yeah, yeah. We didn't need that because we never really slept outside the van. Right. I thought that would be novel, interesting. In fact, our tent is shaped like a teepee. I was picturing sometimes if the weather's nice, we're chasing 70 degrees, maybe we'd like to sleep outside. And it just by the, I think we played so hard all the time. And that's another thing. We slept like babies. Like we thought, how are we going to sleep? We slept so well that it's, we were too exhausted to set up a tent or, you know, it just wasn't worth it. We were ready just to crash. Yeah, if you do this and you put stuff in your rig and you go like, ah, oh, it's in there, but it's not, there's something, don't worry about that, just go. And over the course of the year, I think we probably repacked the van or re- better so organized be- it. Is there a better way to do that? And so yeah. just be, be open. Okay, that, that, that's the first time around. Um, but like, you know, I think we'll find a better way to put some of that constantly looking for ways to improve stuff small example got so tired of standing up on the bed and digging way in the back where i couldn't see for what the pair of shoes i was looking for so i'm like let's have a basket of shoes right by the front door so i can just so you definitely realize what you're using a lot and what you need to be the most handy and that's the criteria right 
Yes. All right. So do you want to talk about work distribution or do you have anything else on little practical tips? Let's talk about work distribution. All right. So, Mark, what is your part of this gig? I am logistics. You are Mr. Logistics. Yes, I am. I research. I plan the route. uh, I make reservations at the campgrounds. Yep. Thank you. um, You know, where's our next diesel stop? Yep. Those sort of things. Yeah. And so I'm logistics. Everything. Even communication with the churches that we plan to visit. Um, your communication with the hosts that we're going to plug into. Coming up. All of that. Keeping all the van mechanically sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything that needs to be repaired. Making those appointments. Mm-hmm. Yep. Troubleshooting anything mechanical. Anything mechanical. Kind of seeing, well, how close is the nearest Whole Foods or... Trader Joe's. Ba- basically preventing disaster. It's like, you keep me safe, I'll keep you wild kind of thing, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's when a six is married to a seven Enneagram. So, and sometimes you do give me like choices like, okay, we're going to this town. It looks like we've got a choice of doing A or B. What's your preference? So you do sometimes, you know, ask me what would be the most fun to me. But for the most part, Sometimes you'll even just turn off the van and, and announce where we are out of the blue and what we're doing. Yes. We have just pulled up to... Well, I think you want me also um, on Roadside America or Roadside Attractions. Right, right. So that's uh, the wonky, where you're going to learn about the quirkiest stuff. Yeah, yeah. Find me one quirky thing uh-huh, on a the day way. and... and Five, ten minutes stop, and then on the road again. So I feel like in terms of workload, I feel like I may be in charge sometimes of crea- some creative problem solving. Because um, you have memory. The thing is, your sharpest part of your brain is like, you remember all this stuff. Um, not me. And then I, God gave me the ability to be creative in our problem solving. So there's sometimes where it's like, oh, here's an idea to fix that problem. And boy, are we like fixing problems all day, every day. Yeah, I mean, at th- various levels. When you marry someone, basically you're marrying someone to troubleshoot life together yeah. with. And so my main part, I think, is sharing our stories on social media through Facebook, um, writing the podcasts and doing our 100 churches blog. All of that, of course, can be seen at nomadsyouandi.com. And so encouraging these 100 churches with the experiences that we had while with them, all 100% positive of what we learned that was unique to them, how we grew, what they taught us, you know, whatever area that they set such a good example in. So I am busy, busy writing and also kind of collecting our stories. I do a Project 365, which is one or more pictures a day, and then I write a caption or I write a memory Or I just write something that maybe, you know, someday I hope my grandchildren will be inspired by or can learn from. And so I've been doing that since I think 2011. So every day I'm still maintaining this project 365. And just so everyone knows, you do that electronically, but at at the end of the year, an actual physical book shows up with all the pictures and all the captions. It's been handy, though, to go back with that, right? To go back and see, like, oh, what year was that? I mean, on a practical level, sometimes it's been super handy to see when things happened in our lives. So I also do, do a detailed daily writing prompt style journaling where I have... I don't know how many, it might even be like 20 writing prompts, but this way I remember what were my brightest moments. And then a writing, another writing prompt is what did I learn today? 
what was a practical discovery, like uh, just a physical handy thing to remember? What was a simple pleasure? Um, just other, a lot of them are spiritual, and that's been something that, even though it takes me maybe a half an hour, I do a lot of voice to text. It's in my phone or on my laptop. It's been han also a very handy resource. Even in during these three podcasts that we're going to do a review of the year, that's where I got all of the remembrances was back in all that journaling that I did. So you're like the PR department. I'm the PR, public relations. So, um, so here's one discovery that I made. I find that if you have a warm place to snuggle and are perched high enough to see far away in every direction, kind of like right now, you don't need a television because for me, the clouds are constantly changing. Um, I mean, it's a dramatic masterpiece. All that's happening around you is story enough. You don't need to watch other people's lives or pretend lives. Yeah, if you want a break from pop culture, if you go, I'm just too addicted to pop culture, yeah. just get out in America, get out in nature, and you'll find something far more interesting than anything that's on television. Oh, for sure. Real life. Real life is where it's at. Um, Mark, what were some of the unnecessary things that we discovered over time? You mentioned a few of the propane space heater, the tent. I mean, also, I think disposable paper goods, I would rather just do the dishes. Um, flatware, don't need disposable stuff, and it's not good for the environment. So we do have a little bit of marital conflict over the bottled water. Would you like to state <laughs> your yes. case? I like to have some bottled water in the van that's refrigerated, and that's just kind of accessible for a hike or something like that. Also, paper towels. Uh, I, like <laughs> to have, other I like to have at least three rolls of paper towels in the van. I, I will say, I need a paper towel, and you yep. will give me like almost half a paper towel. Yep, guilty. And I will go whoosh, whoosh, whoosh as I'm rolling them off like, oh. we know the van, oh. let's let, let's <laughs> let the, <laughs> whatever that thing is called, spin it in, lucky number coming around. <laughs> uh, so, but yes, so what we just discovered is that we just have like, what, two coffee cups? and Yeah, you just uh, need two coffee cups. A little bit of flatware, and then almost like two nice pie tins that you just put aluminum foil on. Oh, yeah, you have to wash them if you just throw out the foil. Yeah, so yeah, you don't need a, a fancy place setting or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you need less of what you think you'll need in terms of eating. We don't do a lot of cooking. We did pick up a Instapot that's been handy for making. I, I just, I needed to get more veggies. So I ended up getting an Instapot uh, yeah, Insta and just grabbing all the veggies I could find, chopping them all up with some uh, meat and boiling all that down so that, because man, when you when you cook vegetables, they shrink on down. So you can eat like six cups of vegetables within a cup if you've made yourself some stew. And so that was how I was trying to really keep my strength up and eat all the veggies I'm supposed to be eating. Something else, the advantage of staying in, and we have friends across the country, but just plugging into RV parks now and then is we really found no problem with garbage. Like mm -hmm. what we can do with the garbage. We, mm -hmm. we probably generate what just about a, a little two-quart bag or three-quart yeah. bag every day or something like that of garbage. Yeah. And if we're having a fire, we're going to use, you know, our whatever's burnable. Yes. The other thing, I think laundry. There was really no problem with laundry. Most campgrounds have pretty nice laundromats, and actually they're a lot cheaper than yes. the laundromats yeah. outside the campground. I, I found 
in most campgrounds, your laundry was about $2 for a washer, $1.50 for a dryer. Yeah, and so Mark did all the laundry, but really it was his way of finding other people to talk to. So he would take down his projects while he was processing the laundry and, and meet some of the coolest people there that you wouldn't have run into otherwise. So we didn't really look at it as a chore. It was just another environment to meet people. The other thing we got rid of, Mark, remember when we were going to push Bella around in a stroller and she was going to love it and all the people would meet Bella and that way we would have something like an excuse where we would pull people in and so that they would talk to us and we could have conversations. What happened? Uh, Bella said no. That's not working. <laughs> so we tried it for a couple of weeks, but what happened, it would be like first thing in the morning when she would see Mark leave, and she knew that the next thing was he was p- going to be putting together the stroller, she would hide. Yes. She made it very clear. I hate the cat stroller, and we're like, fine, we're not going to battle this. And the other thing is we never needed the cat stroller. Like, you know what really drew people in? The van. Well, the van and the real screen door we have, and Bella there... Bella looking out the screen door. Yeah, there were conversations over because Bella was looking out the door. Yes. We had so many people that would wave us down or of all ages, a lot of 20 people in their 20s all the way on up. Like, how do you like that van? Oh, that's the van we have in mind. Yeah, the things that people kept that drew people in, the license plate you designed. Move me. For the van. That caught people's attention. Yes. If we rolled in on like a Sunday or a Wednesday night and we were coming from church, yeah, seeing a guy pull into an RV park and setting up his rig in a suit and tie produced a lot of what conversations behind the scenes. Because I know there were couples making bets before they uh-huh. met me of what I did for a living. <laughs> Who was right. this guy? Right. And so the other thing that we didn't use was I had bought this leash for Bella and it kind of occurred to me because I was thinking, oh, she's going to want to get out. She's going to want to smell the grass and do all the things. And I thought, okay, it's going to mean fleas and such. So I prepared for that. Well, do a monthly D flea and I like set it all up. But then I remembered, you know what, if she does love it, then I'm going to have this cat who's begging to get outside every time you know, so I'm like, I don't want, it's kind of like when we give her baked chicken. Now she's never happy if we're just in the kitchen. She's like, is it baked chicken now? Do I get treats? Do I get treats? And I guess I didn't want to set up that scenario for myself. So the leash was never used. The last couple of things that we learned was, wow, it's so easy. If you have a window chip to just fix it right away, we didn't even have to get out of the van practically. I stayed in the van and this guy just kind of patched up these because if you don't do that... It spreads. So the key is it needs to be like smaller than a dime. Oh, right. Yeah, get it when it's smaller than a dime. Right. And then you don't need a brand new windshield. The other thing, Mark, did you realize that, I mean, sometimes you did reservations way, way in advance, but sometimes did it work to your advantage to check in last minute? Yes. Now, there are certain places I'd really recommend book it far out. Okay. Like the Keys, Key Largo, Key West. Of course, we benefited this time because during COVID, none of the Canadians could cross the border. Yeah. Sorry, Canada. And a lot of them come. I'm sorry that we benefited from your bummer. For the most part, very rarely was it I couldn't get into a place. Yeah. If, If you strike out, you know, if you're like a month out and strike out, keep trying, but go back and check again like a week before you're going right, to go at that place right. and Moab, Utah, That's we were we told 
there's no way you're going to get in the Moab, Utah. Right. And about a week out or so, I found two nights at one park and yeah. two nights at the other park. Bend, Oregon was the same way. Oh. In si- or excuse me, Sisters, Oregon. Okay. I, I found my spot like just a couple of days before we showed up. So people do cancel yeah. on the reservations. And I think sometimes it takes a while for the system to process that and then things open up. Yeah. Okay, so here's one of my tips. I found that music makes everything twice as moving. So there would be times when we would be pulling into Yellowstone or pulling into just like the most gorgeous national parks. Yeah, Arches National Park. Arches is one of our favorites. That I have a movie soundtrack playlist. And so I would start that up to be playing pretty loudly as we would go through. And it just looked, seemed like we were in a, our own little music video. Well, and many national parks like Socorro and Arches in Canyonlands have a route that you mm-hmm. can drive. Petrified Forest is the same way. Yeah. Uh, Badlands is the same way. Mm-hmm. It's it's a drivable route mm-hmm. through the park, and that's the time to put on your music soundtrack. Mm-hmm. You hit the ranger yeah. station or, you know, where you pay your toll or show yeah. them your, your national park pass and... Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, in some cases, though, you also could get an app that had more descriptive as if like a ranger is with you, kind of telling you some detailed things. We did that at Gettysburg. Yeah, that Gettysburg is a big park as mm-hmm. far as driving it because it's a big battlefield, mm-hmm. but it was all numbered. I, I found that very useful. Yes. And you could just through the National Park Service and the Gettysburg site, you mm-hmm. would just like, OK, number six, we're headed to number six. Let's play that one. Yeah. Okay, so my next tip is kind of weird, but, you know, as we travel around, we go into a lot of little gift shops. We check out downtown areas and small towns that have all these quaint, cute little places to shop. And because the thing is, we had some of the best conversations with shop owners, you know, the employees at shops, because often they're like, oh, where are you guys from? And we're like, everywhere. And so that starts the conversation. And, you know, there'd be times where we were there quite a while. While we're doing all of this shopping, we're very, very rarely buying anything. But I found like photographing the things that I love for me, if it's something related to art, it's inspiration of something that maybe if eventually we're not living nomadically, that is something that I may be inspired by one day to create something similar with my own style. Um, I will even photograph clothing that is like 10 times what I'm willing to pay. Because the thing is, we're still, my preference is second-hand clothing. I'd much rather do that than pay you $297 for that skirt. You know, I'm kind of more into $4.95. So, and by the way, the very best city I found for second-hand clothing shopping was in Austin. There's this street, Guadalupe Street, um, that has several secondhand shopping stores. And so I, Mark gave me, he's so patient, he finds something to do. Well, I am just soaking it up. And my favorite one is called the Flamingo. And I liked it the best, not just because they had an amazing, amazing variety. And the fact that they were so organized, like they would put all their Western shirts on one rack. They would put all their imports from Mexico on another rack. Um, Super organized like that style wise. Also, they sold clothing by the pound. And so I want to say it was like $12.99 a pound, if I can remember at the time when I was shopping. And I found most of my items came up to about $4. And 
seriously, as we kept touring the country, I found that some of the shirts that I had found, especially like the imported ones from India that had like the embroidery on them or from Mexico, that they were selling at some of these specialty shops for like 80 bucks. Go for the Austin secondhand stores, especially on Guadalupe Street. Super fun. So then another tip I had was on souvenirs. So Mark, what's your favorite souvenir? It's a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. a good t-shirt. Um, Logo in the back, nothing on the front, or a tiny bit on the front. Yeah. I do not like shirts with all the logo on the front. Yeah. We don't know where that preference came from, but it is strong. I do like t-shirts that are thicker. I don't like a real light t-shirt. I, I want a t-shirt that yeah. can do a day's work or, you know, yeah. it's not going to start drooping around the neck. Yeah. Occasionally, if it's a super, super special place, I will choose out some inexpensive earrings to remember because um, they take up very very little space and I, I will remember that location for the rest of my life when I wear those earrings but a lot of times Mark I would just pick something up off the ground that to me represents the experience it could be anything I think on day one I picked up some broken glass uh, there was this boat that had been abandoned that had just been trashed but there was all this beautiful greenish blue glass on the ground and I snagged a piece so what I would do is I would put it in this little tiny zipper pouch I mean smaller than a sack size zippy it's like more like a jewelry size and I put a, a little date and place on it and I would just do that with feathers and bones and like a piece of coal from Appalachia or or like a buffalo tooth or that I bought at a little store in Sedona I bought a little piece of a mammoth tusk near Oak Ridge Tennessee or a bullet from the Civil War, also Oak Ridge, Tennessee, or a bullet from an Indian battle, those little garbagey things. I kind of just like to collect little pieces of garbage and things off the ground. If we're at Devil's Tower, I might just pick a rock off the ground or that kind of thing. Yeah, and I think it's important that you date it and mm, where it came from because yeah. I think one of the things that you realize is, I mean, unless death just takes you standing up, we're all yeah. going to grow old, and we might not be able to travel anymore at a certain point, and that would be something where you could pull all those things out. If if your life is like, well, we're just kind of now, we really can't go many places because of our health. Yeah. At least you can go back and revisit all those memories, remember this, and it's like, instead of going like, where did this come from, or what's this from? You go like, that's from the Devil's Tower. Remember <laughs> that trip. And my mother did that when she traveled the Middle East with you during the early years of, of my marriage. My husband and my mother went off together to the Bible lands, kind of blowing the stereotype of there being tension between mother-in-laws and son-in-laws. Anyway, she gathers up all these rocks and all these special places and marked them. And my daughter, Ashley, took all those things just within the last few years, all these little things and really found beautiful decorative ways to display them so we'll see what happens with my odd little collection eventually but it could make some kind of cool collage so mark we did aim for 70 degrees but we had ranges all the way i think one of the hottest days was when we drove towards the california wildfires to be with the hughes family not knowing if we'd be there to help them evacuate their house yeah but yeah we of course got the cat out of the van but we looked one day we looked at the inside of the van while we were staying with them and what was that highest temperature 115 115 so we're aiming for 70 we got 115 so what are some ways that we learn to stay cool? And some of them bumped into places place like Wenatchee, Washington. 
Well, there were a number of different things. You have like a cooling vest that you could trench in water and put on. Then you would have uh, like a little cooling thing that you could put around your neck. Like it was like a handkerchief. These people probably know these. They're all over Amazon. You right. soak them. They have like gel beads. Right. But this cooling vest, like construction workers who work out in the heat, they wear these. So, yeah, you soak it in your cold water in your sink and now it's all this gel is filled up with cold water so I wore that when I had to yeah Harley riders have the same mm. thing use the same thing um, we bought like a little portable air conditioner that like yeah it, it, it's rechargeable off a USB cord yeah and you put a little water in it and then you fill the top with ice yeah and that actually put out some cold air. It really did. And so we would put it, say we were going to go look around and it was a hot day and we got a cat in the van yeah. and there is no electricity. So we had to get really, really creative. And of course, Mark starts by cranking all the windows up. If there's a, a breeze at all, he's always going to park in the shade, obviously. But in addition to that, yeah, that cordless rechargeable air conditioner worked very, very well. So we put it down on the ground so it gets to her. I also would toss a couple of ice packs underneath her blanket where she hangs out and add a little ice to her ice water. You know, we would just be very mindful. Often Mark would go go and check on her. Multiple times he would go back and check and double check. And there were some times where he would decide to turn on the engine, blow the hardest air conditioner, that way and then get the temp way way down and then join me for another half an hour or so but we did learn not to say not to shout across to each other while that was happening i'm going to go check on the baby in In the van van. (laughs) yeah (laughs) don't be saying i'm going to be checking on the baby in the van yeah Yeah. (laughs) 911 all right so then also stay warm techniques i mean i'm glad that i brought my electric blanket i did not use it much i think i remember really though thinking whoa i'm so glad i have this when we were near Oak Ridge, Tennessee. It was cold. Yeah, and I would keep a ski cap by my pillow. There were a lot of nights where, you know, you wake up, the van would be the coldest. I'd say like about 5 a.m., 6 a.m. I roll over, toss that ski cap on my head and go back to sleep. And I'm going like, who am I sleeping with, Heidi? Yeah. You Surprise, know, you're with Heidi now. Um, the other thing I think is that you have a weighted blanket mm, that love you it. really like. Love and then it. we were looking for like... We wanted a blanket that was very colorful. Mm-hmm. I love the colorful. Kind of southwest, right? Blankets, but yeah. I can't do the wool. Can't do the wool. So we found some very colorful southwest blankets mm-hmm. that were not scratchy wool. Yeah, can't do the scratchy wool. It's machine washable. Very, very handy. Um, other things on staying warm. I mean, the merino wool layers was very, very handy. Wool socks, one pair. Very, very handy. And then Mark would often get into the habit when during cold days of turning the heat up before he left for his morning walk. So that's easier to get out of bed, you know, if it's getting down to the low 60s. Right. Yeah, we do have a furnace in the van. Yeah. And did you find on average, like we have an auto setting, like, okay, whether it gets too warm, too cold, keep it at this temp. I think 66 degrees for sleeping under blankets for our van seem to be the ideal. I would agree. So there were little discoveries along the way. So one thing, of course, we like to do is like, oh, different products that we discovered. And Howard Hughes, not the Howard Hughes, but we know we know Howard Hughes, but it's not your Howard Hughes. It's our Howard Hughes. He had something really cool. What A projector where they would watch movies. Yeah, or concerts. That's yes. what we had him play on with some Stevie Ray concerts. Against the side of the house yeah. outside. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, so other little things. We, you know, we love Sonic Ice the best. Yeah, Sonic or Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A ice, almost as good. Yeah, so even there That's were times... That's the ice we carry when we travel. Always, yeah. Okay, so when we visited the Clarks in Yakima, we discovered... What's the best air freshener, Mark? What's our favorite? Oh, sage. Fresh mm-hmm. sage. Just cut it and then uh, mm-hmm. put it up on the dash. Mm-hmm. And I think it lasts about a week. Yeah, it gets all crunchy and it'll start making a mess. So yeah, you got to toss it out, replace it with some other sage. Um, and then Ray Ray also introduced me to this Harney and Sons hot cinnamon tea. That was my go-to all year long. After my morning coffee, then I would brew a little bit of hot cinnamon tea. Super yummy. And Beth Wade actually introduced me too to Twinnings Buttermint tea. That was very, very good. That carried me through a lot. But there's some other people that introduced us to some vices, Mark. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. Those little truffles, those little Lindell. Lindell. Yeah. Chocolates? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks a lot, <laughs> Koshka, Koshka. And Greg. <laughs> Koshka and Greg. You know, she's like, oh, what would make? She called her mom like, oh, what should I leave for like a hostess basket? Wow. She's like a dealer. Oh, we were buying those for at least six months yes, afterwards. Yes. And I'm like, Mark, these are ruining me. Same thing with uh, Melissa and Mitchell Malora's house. They carried this um, Ben and Jerry's Tonight Dough ice cream. Man, too yummy. Too yummy. I don't need to know this. But other things that are not as dangerous to cholesterol and et cetera and blood sugar <laughs> is electric bicycles. Are you still kind of mowing still that around? Still thinking about that. Yeah, there are so many places where it would be nice just to have an electric bike mm-hmm. uh, where you're working, et cetera. I can go out and adventure around and yeah. the van can stay where it's at. Yeah. Um, I like Solana two-person hot tubs. I mean, that's probably, to be honest, the only thing that I missed mm-hmm. about... Not having a house? Yeah, was the hot tub. I love that, especially at night. So I miss that. That's tempting to me. Probably even more tempting than electric bicycles. Um, the inflatable kayaks. So Mike McCowan introduced us to kayaking. We did a little bit of it in Fort Myers, too, later on with the manatees near Christmas time. And... Like, there's no room. For our kind of Class B, there's no way you're hauling a kayak. Maybe you could strap it to the top if you don't care about aerodynamics or the back. Um, Not worth it to us, but inflatable? It's kind of tempting. Probably still not doing it. But it was nice to know about it and to learn about it in case the idea of kayaking starts to mean more to us eventually. So, Mark, some of the favorite things about the van that I loved... Number one. Number one, you got your bathroom with you 24-7. I love not having to pull over to use the bathroom. I love even more not having to hold it and hold it and hold it. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's uh, like I'm just going to just use it while we're just flying down the road. Three cheers. Yeah, especially during COVID when sometimes not all bathrooms are open. So the other thing was um, having my own shower with all of my stuff with me so there were people that you know let us plug in to their house and they would have these gorgeous showers wide open and mark's like fantastic Mm -hmm. i'm like i'm just gonna stay in my little bitty shower because all my stuff is there it's just easy i can blare my podcast while i'm getting ready for the day i just like having my own place like that so i love that the van kind of becomes like your own private little spa yeah everything is there yeah I love that you prioritized this when we were shopping for our van, and that was electronic shades. You called it, man. I didn't realize how much that would mean, but, you know, you're having to not have to go around one by one and put your shades up or put your shades down. You just push a button. Love that. Well, and also the shades hug 
the window seal. Yes. So some shades will come down, but you used to have this gap. Yeah. And so when our shades come down, it's total darkness. It's total darkness. So there's no morning light coming in. Mm. You just have a feeling of privacy. So I love that. Also love the gas mileage. Did you find it? What was the average that you like found? Like 17, 18. Amazing. Amazing. Mark, I love the lack of Power Rangers swirls on our all black paint. Yeah, and being, uh, it doesn't look like an RV. Yes, and did you feel that the black paint, though, made it extra hot that we were battling, no. that it was retaining heat more? I, I didn't feel that at all. Yeah. Nor, nor did I feel that the black interior okay. generated more heat. Yeah, we wanted the white interior. That was one of the very few compromises yes. that we did. We got black interior. I mean, maybe it shows less dirt. I don't I know. I think the black definitely shows less dirt. The other thing that I love, love, love about the interior is the screen on the side and also the screen on the back because the amount of air that you can get flowing from the back screen through to the front of the van really, really... Yeah, that van does vent very well. Mm -hmm. You've got a lot of venting options, mm -hmm. especially you can open up the back doors and bend them around and have the entire back open and a screen come down. And a real screen door where you're not doing like the little magnet thing and bugs yeah. you getting in, but a real screen door. That comes down mechanically. that you can actually leave leave that side door open all night with the screen shut Yeah, and enjoy, you know, the night air. So about four times a month, we changed out the carpet of our van. So all we have carpeted is the front part. Four times a year. What did I say? A month. Wow. <laughs> That's so a picky. Lot of High maintenance. No. <laughs> so four times during the year, we changed out our rug. So we started out with, we had happened to have some carpet that we love from our beach house. And we had an extra scrap of that. It's long, shaggy. It looks 1970s, except the color is very modern. And so, but... Wow, you just walk and use it and use it and use it. And it was getting nasty. Yeah, that piece of carpet lasted from July till January. Okay. Yeah. And so then we changed it out. We just got like a 5 by 7 rug. We used the last one for a template. We laid it down and we just cut it with a sharp knife. And that one was kind of a creamy white color. And you yeah. were telling me the whole time, like, this is a bad idea. And I'm like, I like the look. Mm -hmm. I like how it looks, the color. It really brightens well, it up. Bella loved it. She Bella loved it. it. Yeah, and it helped up well right. but we're just you know i just don't like really tr high trafficked and that lasted almost the rest of the trip it did yeah and so at the very end we ended up and we had planned it and this was mostly for style we cut up a cowhide and we had planned this just because we thought it would look so so cool with something that was white and brown kind of like the interior of our van and so mark cut up a cow rug to fit i think we may just stick with that yeah we'll see how it wears yeah even if it doesn't wear i think we might just stick with that it's so easy to just pull it out and shake it you know we can still kind of take a wet rag and mop it a little bit so that's on a practical level. Also, one thing that was super, super handy for me to have handy is I'm only 5'1". And so I think it made me much, much more comfortable to have a stool to rest my feet. And so I just hide it under the cow rug when I'm not using it. It's one of those foldable flat stools. So I'll pull it out on, I'm really only up front, maybe 20% of the time that we're driving. But when I'm up there, it just, I'm so much more comfortable having that little stool, that little fold out stool under my feet. And I think this time around, I'm taking a, a like a little collapsible stool slash ladder so I can get 
a little higher on the van to do things mm-hmm. uh, because I just found a number of times that that little stool didn't get me high enough. Yeah. So I just found through experience, I never got tired of the scenery. I never got tired of dining out. I never got tired of knowing what to expect next. And I know that I will never get bored of this lifestyle. And I can't even imagine ever wanting to go back to a regular life. But in order to not sound too Pollyanna about everything that we've said, I think we're going to record a separate podcast called Bummers. Like things, it's like the real world of traveling in a van, living nomadically. So some of the things that really were challenging. And a little disappointing. So let's do that on a separate podcast. And thank you so much for joining us for these little things that we learned on the first year of traveling on the road. Be sure not to miss our brightest moments related to that same year. And also we have kind of a funny one called the 2020 Nomad Quest Awards. Keep safe, friends. God bless.